0: In this episode of the Encourage and Inspire podcast, I'm drawn by serial entrepreneur and master intimacy coach, Princess Faith. Um, this is a great episode of, with me and my friend Princess. We go back a long time and we really wanted to talk about something that is important and that's sex education and with having people like me with disabilities and how that is not really something that's discussed. You know, we talked about how sex for pleasure is, wasn't always something that people wanted to talk about because of religion and also all other some other determining factors, and how we should be more open to discuss these things so people can be properly informed of how to approach sex and what it's like to approach sex with somebody with a disability. I think this is a subject that so many people need to. Uh, be educated on because oftentimes people like me, somebody with disability, gets forgotten about or judged because people are just are ignorant to what they don't know. Um, we talked about that how oftentimes somebody with a disability is not a woman's first choice, and when they make cho- the list of what they want to have in a partner, they're not think about people like. Uh, That have special needs. So, this was a great episode. We talked about a lot of great topics in in, in regards to sex and education. And I just think hopefully people will come away from this episode being informed and enlightened and be able to make better decisions moving forward. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Encourage, Inspire podcast. It's episode number 75, and I've got my really good friend with me today, Princess Faith. Uh, How you doing?
1: I am doing well. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, you and I go way back a very long time. Uh, One of my big supporters and have always supported me, and and I appreciate you for, for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you. Of course, I'm gonna support always. You (laughs) so you do. You do such great and amazing things, and you truly are inspiring for me. And so I watch you probably a lot more than you realize.
0: (laughs) That's good. That's good to hear. Like you know, because you know what I do for artists, it can get sometimes. And I'm always the one encouraging people, but sometimes it's tough, man, because I'm helping new artists and. And they're not necessarily always easy to rely on, easy to count on, easy to make sure they're going to pay me on time, you mm-hmm. know? But I think that's just a natural entertainment business in general. You and I are both in the, in the business
2: mm-hmm. from
0: different aspects, but we kind of, we just understand how it works, <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> Definitely. So, so, yeah. Yeah, cool. So... You know, this is kinda of gonna just kinda of be I have no notes prepared. Mm-hmm. Normally I have notes prepared. Cause I you know, but because I know you a bit. and you know, we actually had a conversation the other day, so we're kinda of just gonna continue that conversation. Probably leave some things <laughs> probably leave some things out. You know? yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> because, you know, I don't know if everybody listening to the pod is necessarily that opened to some of the things that we were discussing, you know?
1: And I definitely, truly believe with me and the line of work that I do, I truly believe that there are different platforms and spaces for different pieces of my work. So, it's just knowing what conversations are appropriate for what platforms.
0: For sure, for sure, for sure. So, we'll, um, so we'll start here, like, so where you're from, you know, what are you all about? What are the things that kind of get you excited about life these days?
1: Well, I am Princess Faith. I am a master sexpert, relationship coach. I am also an intimacy director and coordinator in film, television, and live shows. I am from ATL. Shout it! Nah, <laughs> just <laughs> kidding. You know, you know, ATL has to get that out. Um, but yeah, no, currently living in the Las Vegas area and. What I do is, again, as I said, I do intimacy directing and film, um, television and live shows. So anytime that you're watching a show where someone is hyper exposed or there's an intimate scene, then it is someone like me or one of my colleagues behind the scene actually directing that and advocating for the talent at the same time, protect- protecting the production team. I also do intimacy coaching, which is separate than TV and film. Where we take the individuals, see what their sexual health goals are, where they are now and where they want to be. And we tailor a plan based on what their desires are, as far as how they would want to term their healthy sex life.
0: I love that because, I mean, a lot of times we don't. We don't talk about sex. And this is something that I'm passionate about, because I think a lot of it stems from our religion a lot of it stems from things we're taught and we kind of have to relearn things and understand that it's okay to uh I'm not saying going against what you were taught but understand that it's much much more to me of a gray area not so much of a black and white as I think a lot of times people can feel it can be and we're not able to kind of talk about some of the things that We should be more open and free to talk about, you know, I'm not saying that we shouldn't, everybody out here shouldn't, you know, shouldn't be thought around. We're not saying that, but. (laughs)
1: But, but let's put the disclaimer in there. If you are, that is nothing wrong with it because that's what a sexy health life looks to you.
0: Right. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) See that that's, that's why she's here. You know, she's, she's letting me know uh, what it's all about. And that's why I love this podcast because Um, I talk I mostly talk to music people you know and and disability awareness I definitely want to definitely talk about you know sex in terms of disability people with disabilities, special needs because again that's and we'll get to that a little bit later but that's a topic that a lot of people don't want to talk about because the truth is and I've I did a podcast episode early on shout out to my my brother George Doman and we talked about disabilities and dating, where we definitely didn't necessarily get too much deep into uh, sex and people with special needs and disabilities. And I think it's something that should be talked about more because I want people to understand that we're human just like everybody else. We may have a limitation, but we're human and we have the same human desires that everybody else has that are able-bodied. So um, yeah, so that's why I think it's important to have this conversation and be free and be free to kind of take it wherever we want to, you know. You know, we can we could take it wherever we want to, because it's my pocket. I really don't give a fuck what people think. <laughs> you know when it comes to. Let me stop. No, yes. let me,
1: what, well, I mean. no, I think it's really, really important to have the conversation because one of the things that I do like to talk about, whatever stage or platform I'm speaking from, is redefining the sex talk because we yes. don't have the talk enough. And a lot of times people are talking, but they're talking inaccurately incorrectly, and from an uninformed space.
0: Okay, go delve deeper into that a little, delve delve deeper into that. What do you mean exactly by that?
1: Well, what I mean by that is um, knowing the history of sex and up until like recent history, meaning the late 1800s, sex for pleasure wasn't even a conversation. It was always sex for reproduction. Did sex for pleasure exist? Yes. But we were never educated on that. We were never taught about that. We were only taught from the aspect of reproduction, procreation. Mm -hmm. And so when we tend to have our conversations about sex, oh, and let me pause, let's put in the political and the religious aspects of that as well, right? Mm
0: -hmm. So when we
1: tend to have our conversations about sex, we tend to have it from a place of a political or religious standpoint. Or a law standpoint, but you don't realize this is what you're doing because you don't know the basis of the roots of the information that you were taught. I love it. And so that's why the sex, I say the sex talk, a lot of times people are talking, they're just talking misinformed the uninformed because they don't even realize where the root of the information that they were given came from.
0: I love that. And I think. When it, like you said, when it comes to um, sex, people are just and it comes back down to education. Because I mean it's just like how I when I talk about with music artists, a lot of times it's just because they don't necessarily know. So they always just because you are going into the studio and making a record doesn't mean you're prepared to be a professional because you don't have the education. I'm not saying that people need to go out there be professional, uh mm-hmm. Sex workers. <laughs> but, but, uh but but let me let me say this. I think we should recognize it as a real profession because it is. And it I think
1: should. you know, it should, to, yeah. I'm sorry. Speaking okay. to the education piece, um an analogy that I would like to use in that space is You can have an experience. It doesn't matter if it's going to the baseball game, if it's watching a movie, if it's reading a book, right? Mm -hmm. But if there is an educated, like if you're doing it from an educated standpoint, the experience is better. So when you go and you sit and you listen to a TED talk, if you're hearing it from someone who's just having a conversation and it's like a regular casual conversation, it's fine, it's entertaining. Yeah. But then when you're hearing it from a education or historical perspective, it's interesting. It soaks in, it sticks with you. And it gives you the tools that you need in your own life, in your own circumstances. So the experience is totally different.
0: Yes, it is. And I think that's what lacks a lot in our communities. Um, specifically in the black community, um, just we don't talk about things. We're afraid to, you know. Everything is church, 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 church. That's all we want to talk about, right? And I mm-hmm. always say this to bring them back to the intimacy. Like every minute of the day is not praise and worship. Amazing. I I would hope to all the married couples out there listening to this podcast that you would not be having intimacy time and listening to. <laughs> uh, Praise and worship song, trying to be with your partner. I just think that people are so again, and that's kind of again, it, it's people are taught certain things, so they don't know how to like be outside of that. It's mm-hmm. almost like you know, oh, if I have alcohol, or if I, you know, socially somehow, I'm less of a person of faith. And I just, I just think that, I just think that is a very interesting. And unfortunately, not so much, Uh, and that's why sex, you know, kind of gets this bad. And I also think too, we put too much pressure on our pastor. I don't think the pastor. We have see that's something in the black community that we do a lot of. Okay, and I'm just gotta call it like I see it. Like everything is going to the pastor. If he's not he or she's not educated on the subject, I'm not going to him. I'm going to a specialist or a professional that is educated. I look at a pastor more of us like a spiritual coach and advisor, so to say. But for, for technical things, for specialists, for special things, especially when it comes to sex, go to people who have studied it, who understand it, who can properly educate. This is why we have a lot of, a lot of, let's call it, a, like we have a lot of failing christian marriages right now yes because we're not talking about and being and getting to the root prayer doesn't switch everything away just doesn't work that's not how it works like in my opinion you know it's just like you can't just pray it away and hope that like
1: (laughs) well the word does tell us that faith without works is dead so once you get up from praying then what you have to be educated so you'll have the tools that you need to then put in the work behind your faith.
0: Exactly. And I just think when it comes to, when it comes to sex and understanding that, we need to do do more self accountability and understand, like, you know, there's, you know, first of all, men are physical. We just are, that's the way we, we, so women have to understand that. Men, we always lead, we lead with the physical first. We don't end there, we start there you know what i mean that's just what it is remember who well, what do you mean why does he always want to think i have a fat ass well if he doesn't know anything else about you when he's first meeting you all we have to go off of is the physical aspect of who you are
1: that's right. just
0: what that's just what it is you know mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that we don't like we won't like who you are outside of that you know because we will we, if, if if you're if you're a, a person of, of substance Yes, you're gonna to want to have other conversations outside of just sex. Okay, Correct. I know when I, I know when I'm on the dating apps, I'm on all the dating apps. I personally like the dating apps, you know, mm-hmm. because it's a chance for to meet people outside of our circles. Because the truth is, most of us still don't like to go outside of our circles to meet, meet people anyway. We like to stay mm-hmm. that we like to stay within our circles. It's called it is. How often do you see single women out by themselves, chilling, looking right. to be pursued by a man? doesn't happen very often. You mm-hmm. know, you're usually out with your girlfriends and you're chilling with her at a at happy hour or that, wherever you're at, ladies night, whatever it is. You're not in position to be pursued by a man. So, you know, that's just what it is. You're with your girlfriend. You ain't thinking about mm-hmm. um, <laughs> a dude coming up to me. And, and, and so a lot of us won't go up to you if you, if you know you would. Because that's not really what you're there for. You're right. not really there to me. If it happens, great, but you're not really trying to be to do. So I just oh. think we, I just <laughs> I just think that we have to just call things like we see it when it comes to like the way we go about meeting people. I think relationship coaching is so important because it's the one thing participants in life that we say we want, but we want to do the least to get. It. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We want to do the least to get it. Women think. Well, he. Women say, "Women should just find me." He's just gonna find. I don't. Never understood what that means. What does that mean?
1: (laughs) That is the most insane thing that I hear. Right. That's the most insane thing that I hear. But to put a point to what you were saying, as far as online dating, I think it is a really Great tool for people who are not as able bodied because one of the things that we like to teach in our profession is dispelling the myths. Yes. And changing our perception and our terminology, where how a lot of people are comfortable saying, well, this disabled person. Well, in my profession, one of the things that we teach is. They are a person first. You have to see the person first, not the disability. So instead Absolutely. of saying this disabled person, then we'll teach you to say this person that has that lives with disabilities. Oh, my and gosh. Like, I love we, that. <laughs> we like to put live in there because they're just not a person with disabilities. They are also living and experiencing life as you are. So yeah. if you change your terminology, you're able to then change some of the narratives around things that have been so commonly believed yes. when it comes to the those that are less able-bodied.
0: That, that man, oh my gosh, you're speaking. And it, I mean, it obviously helps because we have a great relationship. We know each other. So like it just, a, yes. but I mean, oh my gosh, that that just struck a nerve with me because I think a lot of women, I'm speaking from my perspective now, a lot of women are ignorant to what they don't know. Mm-hmm. So, usually, what happens with me is, you know, because how, how I, how I, so I I have to figure out how to put myself at an advantage when it comes to meeting a woman, right? So, for mm-hmm. me, the advantage is I provide emotional stability because mm-hmm. I already understand, princess, that from everywhere, every other aspect of, of my life, um, Unless I was rich, <laughs> I mean, but let's say, you know, we'll take that out of it. But every but both of us is, um, I'm at a disadvantage. It's just what it is. Okay, we can sit here and say all the other nice, cute words to make it seem like it's not that way, but it just is that way. It just Correct. it just is. We cannot sit here and sit here and say if I'm out and about and I see a beautiful woman, she is not thinking her first thought is not being like, man, I can be with him. Oh, he's great oh mm-hmm. he's somebody who i want to be with as a partner in life they might think hey i'm, I'm a nice guy but they're not mm-hmm. actively thinking
2: mm-hmm. that
0: he's somebody i could see myself with. this is just what it is i'm 37 years old and only within the last five years have i been getting attention from women in a much healthier space so it's mm-hmm. only been five years or so and uh and it and I, even in those last five years, I haven't had a really had a relationship. I've never actually had a real relationship in life. It's not by mm-hmm. choice. It's not by choice. Right. It's just because of the way society is, and and, and because I've always said this that uh, a woman has to choose me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get to choose her in my situation because it's not right. tradi- it's not traditional. In most traditional right. situations, the woman chooses the man. I'm sorry, the man chooses the woman. In my case, woman has to choose me. You have any thoughts right. on that? You have any thoughts on that?
1: I actually do. Um, and when going to the point of you being 37 and not really having a viable, a viable uh relationship to this point, unfortunately in our society, nobody <laughs> is really, and it just comes because. We as a whole as a society, like morals are not being taught, standards are not really being taught, um, staying within your boundaries, knowing your boundaries and knowing who you are and your capabilities aren't really taught anymore. And then that is very important, whether you're able-bodied or not when it comes to choosing your partner, because you have to know your limits, your boundaries, your capabilities on both sides of that fence, right?
0: Yes, yes.
1: So and I mean let's be honest, let's be real, whether you're a man or a woman, you're when you sit down and you make your list early on in life about who you would desire as a mate, no one is putting on their list any disabilities They're diseases, not. or disorders They're on not. their list. They are Correct. not they are
0: not. I mean we come from I mean we're, what do you, what do you mean though? What do you There's somebody out there no Sorry, that that's a right. that's um that's something that sounds like something you put on a, on a greeting card or a hallmark card. The truth of the matter is, you're very fortunate to find someone, and right. if you're even more fortunate to get multiple bites at the apple. But to sit here right. and think that you just automatically find somebody is utter ridiculousness to me. You right. know and most women are, are not are not thinking about oh. He's got a disability. I want to be with him. I want to sign up for that every day the rest of my life. Most women, are, most women aren't thinking like that.
1: So. Correct. And the truth of the matter is, um, and again, whether it's a man or a woman, most people aren't choosing that. Yes, they're not. And a lot of that has to do with we're in a society now that is all about self-preservation. Yes. And this like having this conversation I feel should have been something that as a society that we did ahead of the curve but we did not and so now we're past that curve of the traditional family and Mm -hmm. now we Mm -hmm. are in a space where it's all about me self-healing self-caring and nothing's wrong with that (laughs) nothing's wrong with that but after that, then what? Because we're only having foundational conversations, yeah. self-caring, self-healing, self-love. That's a foundation. That's what I like to call your cornerstone piece. When you're building a building, you have that cornerstone piece that brings it all together. Right. But then that's not your foundation, though. Right. Your foundation becomes your ability to connect with someone else. That becomes your foundation. You have to know how to connect. And to be able to connect, you have to learn what intimacy is. You have to be willing to be intimate with someone. And intimate, a lot of people aren't willing to do it because even to be learned and be in somebody else's intimate space, it requires a deep level of vulnerability from yourself. Yes. Because you're going to have to be just as intimate. And a lot of people don't want to let their skeletons out the closet. No. Nah. So, so they're not willing <sighs> To be vulnerable enough to receive what they're asking someone else to give.
0: Yeah, and where do you see that happening more from a male or female perspective? What do you do? You see, is it either it both sides kind of equal? You see one side less open than the other side, from your research and your professional opinion.
1: Well, in my professional opinion, I feel like that pendulum has swung, where early on, you would see it with the males. And that's because males aren't taught to be vulnerable. Males are taught to be strong. They are taught to control their emotions because they are worker bees. They have one job and one job only, and that is to protect and provide. That's Mm -hmm. what they are taught. Mm -hmm. They aren't taught that it's okay to be an emotional being. Mm-hmm. And to be aware of your emotions and to express your emotions just aren't taught that, especially in the urban community.
0: Yeah. And and speaking of that, and we, we should be we sh- we should be able to be a little bit more emotional, but not too much. Because what happens is now we're raising our young boys to be that and they're make, <laughs> they don't know how to make rational decisions later on in life. So I think we have to be able to be it has to be a balance. You know, right. tell you what about. You have- yeah.
1: You have to have balance. And that's like your male or your female. You have to have balance because you have emotionally immature males and females in today's mm. society. You just right. do the vast number of them. Yeah. And their emotional intelligence level is like. I don't want to say a whole generation of people, but what I will say is you see in today's time people who are a lot older, but less emotionally intelligent.
0: Yes, where
1: they are growing up, but they aren't becoming grown. If that makes sense, right? And so, with on the flip side of that, with the females, the females just because of the women's equality movement and everybody. <laughs> Spe- oh, hold on, hold
0: on. Hold, speak on that now. Her speak. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll speak on that just for a quick second. You know, how, how, how do you feel about that? How do you think it's good for society? You think it's bad for society? What's your, what's your take on that?
1: I feel like that there has been some progressions made and areas that progressions needed to be made. However, that big elephant in the room called balance was not there yeah. and it was not thought out because what then happened was we did not have the therapeutic component in place. So that as we did become more independent, that we had a, a safe space to know, okay, what does that look like? How's my life going to change? How does my role change in the home? Gotcha. Because what I believe women was asking for when they was asking for more equality was they were asking to be heard, seen. They did. I mean, equal pay. I'm not against that. Equal pay, but they wanted to be heard and seen and accounted as a part of society like their male counterparts. Mm -hmm. However, I don't feel what was taken into account was how that role would then change what they would be able to ask of or receive from their partner. Right. So (laughs) it's okay, you know, for you to be Susie Homemaker and not have a job and everything else when your husband or your wife, however, it went in your household when your partner was making the money. And if your partner job was to go out and make the money, provide transportation, provide utilities, provide a home Mm. and provide the financial stability for you guys to live a comfortable life, Mm. then of course, your job was to take care of those things that he was providing Mm -hmm. or he or she was providing. Mm -hmm. So then when you become, The one who's bringing the financial stability into the home. You can't look at your partner and then say, well, I feel like I want you to pay all the bills. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. Because now you're not you're out of the home. And so you're not home to make sure that meal is done by five because you're just getting off work at five. Yeah, you're not home all the time to make it to your children's extracurricular activities. Now everybody's being Lyft everywhere, Lyft or Ubered everywhere. So you have stepped out of the role that once was carved out for women. And I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't. But what I do say is you have to understand that no matter where you see yourself in society, you have to be aware of what your role is, what all it takes, and then be aware of how that changes what you're able to ask of your mate oh my and God, your yeah. expectancy from your mate.
0: For sure, for sure. I think that um, for me personally, it doesn't bother me if a woman I'm with is making more money than I make. Right? That doesn't mm-hmm. personally. I know it doesn't make me feel any less. Because I'm already, we're already in a non-traditional. With me, we're going to be in our traditional. So that's not going. That's not going to make or break anything. No, I think. I think what women like about me is that I'm a listener.
2: Hmm. I
0: I I can talk, while I can hold a conversation because I I a lot of times choose women that are my age window is like thirty nine to fifty three. That's the window I kind of stay in. Mm-hmm. And I, I figured that at this point of my life. I don't have any children. I don't probably anticipate ever having children. Um, Now, that could change. But as of right now, I don't see that necessarily being something that's a deal breaker for me. So most of the time when you're dating a woman in that age window, they've already had their children. You know, they're not really looking to have any more children. Right. I have to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just want somebody that sees enough value in me to want to walk through life with me. And that's, right. that's really, as I say, that's the cake. I don't necessarily, kids are the icing. I mm-hmm. just want the, I just personally want the cake. If that makes sense. right?
1: right. <laughs> you know. And there's no, what I like to tell people all the time, there is no right or no wrong answer to what a relationship structure looks like, mm-hmm. because in, a structure is as individual as the two people who are in it. Mm -hmm. and I will use me for an example because of course I've been in like several relationships throughout my life, married, divorced. Um, However, what my relationship looked like with one person and what the roles were in that relationship was not the same that was in my marriage or was not the same that was in another relationship. Mm -hmm. So there's no right or wrong. You have to find out what works for you. But first, it starts with that cornerstone of knowing who you are, being self-aware, knowing your boundaries, knowing your capabilities. What is your capacity? What are you willing to put up with? What are you not? What? And I do not like the word compromise. And I'm going to tell you why I never encourage anyone to compromise, because compromise allevi- alleviates your partner having the option to say no.
2: Okay.
1: And so I do not like compromise, but I like clarity. Because I feel like when you compromise, you're stretching your boundaries. And I don't advocate for that. You have to clearly know your boundaries and then know that if this person does not fit into what my capacity is, it is okay for me to go find another partner until I'm with the one and we fit each other's capacity.
2: Yeah,
1: That's when you're with the right partner. So it's as individual... It's each person. So there's no right or wrong. The woman can make more money. The man can make more money. It doesn't really matter. What matters is when we put these two pieces of the puzzle together, do we fit? And are we working toward the common goal in mind? And so those are the things that you have to look at. But there are other things that I feel like able-bodied people don't take into consideration. Well, I want to touch on like what society doesn't take into consideration as well as able-bodied people Okay. because there are, there's a huge sector of those who aren't able-bodied who's left out of the sex talk as well.
0: Oh, yes, and, we are. yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and it's like, I, what we don't talk about is why there was even a need for the American Disabilities Act.
2: Mm-hmm. We
1: don't talk about, um, also, how people who deal with and I think that's a thing for another show, but it's just the seed to give you something to think about in research. We don't when we're talking about Me Too movements and we're talking about equality as far as like human rights. Mm-hmm. Nobody's talking about protecting those who are less able bodied who are also experiencing sexual trauma as well or who has experienced sexual tra- trauma because mm-hmm. of the way that society disguards. Them and see them. Mm-hmm. and I feel like that that's the area that needs to be opened up too, because that's a whole nother sector nobody's talking about,
2: yeah,
1: and then you have like, you know, so many misconceptions about those who are less able-bodied, but it goes back to seeing the person first, yes you have to see the person first. And another example like we like to use in our profession is so when you're introducing somebody mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. Or you're saying, um, you're describing a person. So the difference in saying, like, Emily's dad said no Mm -hmm. versus Emily's alcoholic dad, dad said no.
0: Right. It's a difference.
1: There are terms that the disability doesn't even need to, like, there's spaces that it doesn't even need to be mentioned.
2: Yeah.
1: Because it's inappropriate to even mention it. It's insignificant to even mention it. Yeah. And... So that's another thing to talk about too. And that goes back into dating and why I feel like bringing it full circle to dating online. Dating online gives you the advantage of being seen as a person first. Yeah. Before they see the disability. And that's just one of the narratives that I'm like very passionate about changing (laughs) in our society. Um, However, for women, and I'm just going to, because I know you again, so I'm going to do it from a woman to a male perspective, right? Yeah. So for women, we're generally, like, when we're making our list, we generally want the guy that's, like, over six feet tall, the deep voice, <laughs> that's <laughs> strong, <laughs> and he's going to be the knight in shining armor. Like, all of these things, right? Yeah. But do you notice that nowhere in there are their character
0: traits? Right. Nowhere, nowhere at all, nowhere at all. Nobody asks. Is he a good person? Well, he can make right. he can make all the money, but if he's an asshole,
1: exactly. What, I
0: mean, I mean, do he, been there, <laughs> yeah. Do you want yes? Because most alpha guys, who, I want an alpha. Most alpha guys are not super emotional. They don't really care. They don't want to. You don't want to go kiki with them. They're like, yo, what is the problem? Let's fix it. because I don't have time for this
1: because they do not have the time because to accomplish and achieve especially high achievers or high earners you do not have the time to sit and listen to the emotional aspect of it no and so that's where they <laughs> lack. that's where they fail and they miss out it because everybody across the board needs intimacy
0: yeah
1: but that's why you see such a high rate of divorce with high earners as well because they're lacking that emotional attachment that intimate attachment so their spouse is usually out cheating. <laughs> mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm, <laughs> They're mm-hmm, out there mm-hmm.
1: earning the money. And then at the end of the day, everybody's looking like what and where and when did we go wrong? Mm-hmm. Well, it went wrong the moment you begin to not on a consistent basis plug into your partner.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And when yeah. you under- yeah.
1: yeah, you understand what's important in a relationship, then I I suggest, like I promise you, seeing the disability, even seeing it out of the person wouldn't even matter yeah. because at the end of the day, you can have all of these things on your little checked off list. <laughs> but when you lose a parent, yeah. when you maybe lose a job, when you're going through it with your friends, when life is lifing, yeah. then what would you rather have next to you? As a partner, like who would you rather have next to you as a partner? Would you rather have the high earner what society deems as attractive, who has never been emotionally available for you ever, hasn't even so much as asked you about your day? Mm -hmm. Would you rather have that person next to you or would you rather have the person next to you who's available for you and saying, Mm -hmm. "Okay, baby, how's your day? Mm-hmm. How can I be of service to you? How can mm-hmm. I be there? Or who can see you before you even open your mouth and knows how to be there for you without mm-hmm. you even asking? So right. those are the things we need to be looking at. And I'm not saying that uh, the disability makes or doesn't make that person. I'm just saying the probability of having that in someone less able-bodied is higher right. because they tend to focus more on the emotional needs and the spiritual needs. And I mean, you have it in both sides. We do know that there are abusive partners who are less able-bodied, but the occurrence of that is way far more rare than it is with able-bodied partners. So, I mean, you really just, again, have to sit down and think about what it is you want, who you are, what your capacity is, and are you open? Are you opening your range so that you may be able to find your partner because your partner may be that person who is less able-bodied, but you may miss your blessing because you're looking for the wrong thing.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, no, I think, hold on. Get, get, get. um, no, I think that's great. I think that's, I love everything you are saying because you speak my language because I just feel like and that's why I feel like I'm at an advantage now. It took me all these years because when someone's younger, they just want different things. right? So at this point in my life, I feel like I have a better advantage. And maybe that was how it was supposed to be. And I always knew it's going to be somebody that's a little older than me uh, and has had some different life experiences. It just sees enough value to be like, okay, you're valuable enough to me you know, but they also have to understand that, okay, whatever you're not comfortable, we need to talk about it. Communication is important. Right. You know, and understanding that I don't expect, if you've never been around somebody with a special need, I don't expect you to just know and become whatever everything. do. That's just not, that's not uh, something that should be automatically assumed. But I, what I am about is don't dismiss us as viable. As viable partners. Um, now, some women are afraid, and just, they, they, you know, okay, when it comes to actually having sex, what does that look like, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's because for me, I'm limited because I can only have sex in one position, and that's just because of my legs. So, just what it is, it's just no way around that. <laughs> so, you know, I try to find different ways to not make sex feel like a chore does that make Mm, sense
1: correct yes
0: because i think some because i've had women tell me that before like a lot of women told me that before like you know they thought i was attracted but they're like damn like i don't necessarily want to feel like i want to do all the work when it comes Mm. to intimacy or sexual intercourse or whatever you know being the fact that she she may have to be on top you know versus You know, me not being able to switch the position up or do that type of thing. So it just takes a very open-minded person, in my opinion.
1: It's open-minded, but also being informed. A lot of people don't know that there are tantra classes available for those who are less able-bodied as well Mm -hmm. to teach skills of how to navigate around the disability in the physical OK. Um, and so it's about being informed because sex can be just as enjoyable, if not more enjoyable. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So because you're going to have a partner who's going to listen because they have to listen and then they're going to want to learn you, too, because they're going to want to make sure you're pleasured in the process as well. But you a lot of people that are living with the disability as well as those who are able bodied are e- unaware that these resources are even available. Um, To be able to teach you skills of how to navigate around your disability, not only for penetrative sex, but for self-pleasure as well, because there's a variety of disabilities. You have some people um, and I'm going to encourage like your listeners to go look up. It's this guy, he did this amazing documentary. Um, his name is Esther Philpott. It's A S T A P H I L P O T. And he speaks about that, about intimacy and um, living with a disability and uh, intimacy, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And what his disability is, is he has a congenital defect that hardens and stiffens his joints. So mm-hmm. he's very limited in movement. Mm-hmm. Okay. He still has a viable sex life as he should, but that comes from education and learning how to navigate around your disabilities and still be able to enjoy a thriving sex life.
0: Yeah, that's that's very 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 important Um, because I think it is. I think people, no people, some people people able-bodied, they're not are just are not they're just not very sexual. Um. Or feel the needs to be sexual. Like you never want it, you never want sex to feel like a chore. Like, damn, do I gotta do this? Like, I'd never want that to be the case. You right. know what I mean? I, would never want that to be the case. I want the, I want it to be a, a pleasurable thing, a pleasurable experience, and that's where the emotions get involved, and, uh, you know, foreplay and things of that nature. Right. Uh, you know, that
1: a point that I was going to bring up like foreplay and understanding the role that foreplay plays into sexual arousal and up to the point of orgasm Mm -hmm. and so if you incorporate more foreplay you're going to already be at that point anyways to where you don't need as much physical like as much of the physicalities with it So a lot of people don't even understand that the majority of your sexual pleasure doesn't even come from the physical aspect of it. It's not even from penetrative sex. A lot of your sex and your sexual arousal, sexual stimulation and sexual pleasure is more intellectual. It's more of a mindset thing. Mm -hmm. And it's that give and pull, that push and push that pull and push instead of arousal penetrative. Like that's second to none. You that's not even where the majority of the pleasure comes from and again that goes back to education and I think once people begin to educate themselves especially with um those living with disabilities in mind they will begin to understand that the disability is not going to matter when it comes to the sexual aspect of it
0: yeah and I think um and, I, and for the time that I have you know for the for the you know a few partners that I've had of course of my life, you know, I've always tried to put myself in a position where I'm making sure that I'm making sure that they're pleasured. I, I get it before, like I said, I didn't want it to be where they feel like they're doing all the work. So I make it a point to make sure that I use what some of my best skills are. Uh,
2: mm-hmm. I
0: feel to help them make, let them know that we're in it together, that it's supposed to be an enjoyable experience together. Right. So I, I just think that that's important. I think. Uh, like I say, we we should be more open about the things that we like um, because that's another thing that people, I think, some people are afraid to admit or talk about openly. You know, kids, mean? you can't talk about it with everybody because some people just don't get it, and it just um, and it just a waste of time. My grandma
1: always taught me: if you' old enough to have sex, you're old enough to talk about. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, that's
0: that's real talk. That's real talk. That's real talk. Like, like, yeah. e- like, okay, when I'm when I'm talking to women online. So the first question is not sexual. But at some point, because you know, I always like to say I'm part, of, I'm a part of the problem. So I'm probably trying to be a part of the solution and a part of the problem.
2: Mm-hmm. But to
0: send it to, for a lot of women to sit here, they're here to think that men are taking you out on dates to become BFS with you. That's not the way men think.
1: Not at all. Men and women not, know that. Yeah, women, women are very aware.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When men are not going on dates and spending money on dates
1: mm-hmm.
0: to become best friends with you. That happened over time. And it doesn't take seven dates to figure out if you wanna have sex with this person.
1: (laughs) I mean, man or woman, you know, when you first meet them, whether or not you're sexually attracted to them. It doesn't mean in that moment, you know, oh, I wanna have sex with them, but you do know the attraction is there. You know that immediately. But yeah, I was one of them naive girls back in the day. I had, I used to be like my best friend, my best friend. I had a male quote unquote best friend. Even after I got married, I still had this male best friend and I had known him since middle school. So I saw nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. And my husband at the time, he would always tell me, princess. He's not your best friend. No man is a woman's best friend just for the sake of being her best friend. And I'm like, oh, you're so small minded. I was so naive. And I said, he's (laughs) never. And I used to pride myself on. He has never tried me. He has never crossed that line. We've known each other over 12 years. He's never even brought it up. Well, one day. (laughs) But it was after the divorce. So he was respectful.
0: (laughs) But he He waited to shoot a shot now.
1: Yeah, it was after the divorce. He invited me and the kids over to the house. And it was no different than any other time. We're sitting there cooking, laughing, having a good old time. And the kids were playing. He had a roommate style house. So the kids were on the other side of the house. And so we're in the kitchen and he goes to his bedroom. And I follow him like any other time because he's (laughs) usually sitting on his computer and we sit down and we talk. Well, I go in there and he took that time to tell me how he's always been attracted to me, how he always thought I deserve, how he thought that um, I deserved better. And he really wished that, you know, I had given him a chance. And in that moment,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: I probably would have gave him a chance, but let me tell you. So, up if you're out there listening, <laughs> but Uh-oh. I would have gave him a chance. But the reason I did not, because in that moment I could hear my ex-husband voice saying I told you. You You've been his friend for twelve years, and he's been plotting for twelve years in a day. (laughs) 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 So I was like, "Absolutely not!" So of course, I did not take, you know, his advances. But yeah, I I was that naive girl once upon a time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know. Shout out! Shout out to the Godfather Kevin Chambers, may rest in peace. Um, and he said this. He told everyone, and I believe. a woman should never go out with a man that they're not sexually attracted to, because you're wasting time. Mm-hmm. You're wasting time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, do not go out. And I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna give you a personal experience. You've never heard this story from me personally. So, I met a girl on a dating app. This dating app was called Coffee Meets Bagel. You ever heard of that?
2: Yeah. Called Co- Coffee
0: have. Coffee Meets Bagel. So mm-hmm. this is about five six years ago. This young lady, and went on the app. And she did not give me. She would not give me her phone number. She would give. She gave me her Instagram. All right. She didn't, ah. So she gave me her Instagram, and we didn't really communicate sparingly. And then she started paying a little more attention to what I was doing, and she started liking what I was doing. So mm-hmm. she hits me up. She's like, "Hey, you know, I, I I did the whole thing. ask the questions I normally ask, and do thing." So. She said, "Hey, well, what you you want to go out and see if there's any chemistry?" So, you know, we decided to go out. So we go out to this vegan sushi restaurant. So at the time, she's 39 years old, and mm-hmm. she's a 39 year old version. said, Oh, oh God! <laughs> so, <laughs> we're, all right, so, we're, so you know, we're at the we're at, we're at dinner. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, she's West Indian descent. I'm West Indian descent. But then I start talking about sex. They're saying, like, I'm not doing the whole sex before marriage thing. I'm not waiting to I do And she got so upset that I brought up sex on the first date. She's like, I can't believe you brought up sex on the first date. You know, I'm saving myself to a marriage, and I'm like, oh well, I, I told her I'm not. I told her just like that. I'm not. Because I just right. think oh, I'm like, okay, so here's she here's why I don't think she realized a man can love you but he's going to go get his rocks off somewhere else because you're going you to expect him to court you for a year. Okay. You have, you've had no intimacy whatsoever. He doesn't know anything really in that space about what you like to do. You don't know anything about him. How do you think, see, that works if you're probably going to go get a virgin at four, what man's a virgin at 40 and is, or is looking for that at 39 years old, you know? So, Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was a bit of an interesting discussion. So the check comes. Mm-hmm. I normally always pay for the check on the first date cuz especially if I want to see you again. I had I did not want to pay that goddamn check. Why? And she, and she looked because I'm like I didn't I, I want to see her again. I know I want to go. I know I want I But see
1: her. there was nothing wrong. There because you didn't take her out with the now hold on wait a minute let me just make sure for clarity did she ask you out or you asked her out
0: i I feel like she had i feel like she asked me out maybe did we ask each other i mean i want to say she kind of just kind of it was kind of a mutual thing we'll put it like that kind of a mutual thing oh
1: okay so if it wasn't you directly asking her on a date then I don't feel that there was anything wrong, and of course, of course there's going to be women everywhere. Like, no, the man's supposed to pay, not all the time. <laughs> so right, right. Um, right. I don't do <laughs> anything wrong with it being where she pays for her own, you pay for her own. If it was a mutual meeting per se, well, but
0: it, it, it definitely was a date. Um, I guess it's just perspective. when if, if we ask her, mm-hmm. she may say something different. So. That's right. We get to the end of the date. The check comes. she's like so. When she's okay, yeah, we can go Dutch. I'm like hell, yeah. Then I'm like, I know, I'm not, I, know I don't want to see this first. <laughs> so we come up. We pay the check, and she's like, I'm like, she knows I'm into the music industry. What I do is, she's like, well, I don't even like music. I'm like, you don't even like music. think to myself, like, okay, what the shit, What do you? What do you like? And what will we have conversations about moving forward? You know what I mean? Like, all these things I'm thinking about, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, this isn't going to work. So it's raining now. It's, it's raining now. She dropped me off back at home. It's we're only, And she lived out there. You lived in Orlando, so you know. She lived out there in Kissimmee.
2: Mm-hmm. I lived,
0: and you know where I lived at. Right. So she sent me this message. Remember, she didn't have my phone number. She had my Instagram. She right. sent me this message saying, I'm offended. You didn't want to pay my check. All that type of deal. And I'm thinking to myself, you're offended. That's a courtesy. That's not a that's there's, there's not a guarantee that a man is supposed to always pay the check the, the on on a date. Now most of the time we will, but right? don't, don't expect that to be the case every time.
1: But this is where communication comes in is. Yeah. Because I feel that it should have been some communication. As far as even the beliefs in that taking Mm -hmm. place before you go out on your first date with anybody,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: now, one thing with princess, what I do, I always bring money. Uh And because, first of all, I know I like to eat, so I'm gonna run up a bill, I'm not a modest eater, and I'm gonna (laughs) have me a couple of drinks. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna bring enough money that I know I'm gonna cover when that bill comes, and it's gonna say 70, 80 to 150 dollars, depending on where we're at. I'm going to have Princess bill covered because if I'm ever in that situation, I'm not going to be offended because yeah. you're not obligated to.
2: Yeah.
1: And I'm going to pay it. And then that's going to be that. And we could further, you know, communicate on it from that standpoint on, because here's one thing that we have to get out of too: as people. Just because it does not work in the capacity that we thought it would does not mean that that person has to be dismissed from your life. Yep. I am a huge believer in there being no such thing as an insignificant encounter.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm also a huge believer in getting the understanding from the higher power, from my God, as to why I'm on this person's journey, why I'm in this person's life. And I never want to mishandle my assignment in anybody's life. Right. So I may have met you and like, and I'm just saying her, for instance, like I may have met you, decided, hey, I want to date Darrell, And then we go on a date. And if it doesn't work out in the dating aspect, does that mean that I should be offended and Darrell shouldn't be in my life? I don't know why God saw fit to bring us on each other's journey. Right. And that goes back to self-awareness
2: right.
1: because you cannot, especially in the dating world, a lot of people date from a selfish place and don't even understand that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you are gonna date, you're gonna have to date with an open mind. You're gonna have to date with the other person in mind. You're yes. gonna date have to date with the mindset of accountability. Yeah. And you're gonna have to date understanding that I am not obligated to do anything for this person. This person's not obligated to do anything for me. Yeah if we do these things for each other great if we don't okay it's not the end of the world it just means that this is not the capacity of our relationship
0: yeah and i but think
1: totally dismiss it
0: yeah I th- look i think some men purposely they pay for the first date they're gonna see okay what you about to do for the second date this is kind of see where your head is at i think mm-hmm. some men will go test the woman and be like okay is she is she expecting me to pay every single time on the date? Because that to me, that then says, OK, you feel like your time is more valuable than my time.
1: But that comes into communication, because yeah. like for me and it comes into rearing. There's so many things um, that come into play, so many aspects that come into play with this. So I'm going to go back to use me as an example. Right. And okay. that goes okay. into knowing Like who you are, what you are, what your capacity is. Mm -hmm. So in my upbringing, understanding my relationship with my father from a small child, every time my father came home, he had a gift for me. So it shaped how I saw Mm -hmm. male attention and how Mm -hmm. I should be treated as a woman. Right. And my father would always like drive in the male is the provider, but he also drove in the male is the head. Mm-hmm. You're your you're his supporter. Like he mm-hmm. drove that in. Mm-hmm. And I grew up and I didn't hey I like that thinking. I did. It was for me. So I adopted that and I subscribed to it for myself because right. I didn't want to be superwoman all the time. I'm hey I'm one of those old traditional women. I did not want to be superwoman all the time. I wanted to take my cape off. If I needed to put it on, my daddy taught me that too. But I also knew how to take it off
2: right.
1: when I could take it off. And so for me, I'm a female who has never approached a man in my life. Now, again, do I have strong feelings about, oh, no, the man should always approach the woman? No. Because my thing is don't waste time. If you're an adult, you know you like this person. Whether you're a male or a female, shoot your shot. Yeah. For me personally, because I've never done it, I'm not comfortable in that space. Yeah. And so I will not approach a male, ever.
0: Okay, but <laughs> like, you probably, what you give them you, you signals to be like, hey, I'm feeling you, but you just won't go do it?
1: Well, what I do is I just exist in my femininity And if he's drawn to that and he approaches me, then it works. And so it's like, not that I shoot out signals per se, I just be me. Mm -hmm. And if he likes it and he's drawn to that and he approaches me, then okay, fine. But then I have friends who are more aggressive in their approach and who don't mind approaching because that's something they've always done and they're more comfortable in that area. I just am not. But the same way I'm not comfortable in approaching men, I have always been the type where my love language is gifts, acts of service, touch, communication. I have all the love languages plus some. <laughs> so with that being said, but I'm, I'm reciprocal. I'm like that with my partner. So I'm going to gift. I'm going to touch. I'm going to love on. I'm going to give words of affirmation. I'm going to do all those things because that's how I like to be loved. Mm-hmm. So for me, <laughs> like <laughs> if I don't get a gift, I'm like he wasn't thinking about me and Ooh. now don't don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I don't care I don't I'm not that person who's impressed by expensive things. Yes. When I say a gift, I mean did you, when you were at the gas station, a rose at the gas station, dollar $1.59. Yeah. Did you get me a rose on the way
2: home? <laughs> right.
1: That to me, it's like, oh, he loves me. He thought of me. Right. A gift to me is, if you left for work before I did, and I wake up and I see a note next to, you know I use a certain makeup compact, and mm-hmm. I see a I love you note mm-hmm. next to the makeup compact, that to me is a gift. Mm-hmm. And so for me, those are the things that I like. I am the type where I've never had to pay for a dinner. So I do almost have an expectation that when I'm at one, I'm not going to ask anybody out on a date. So when I'm asked on a date because I was asked, I am expecting the male to pay for dinner every single time. Does that mean I'll never do it? No, because again, my love language is not only receiving love, but giving love. So going to come home from work one day and I'm going to already have dinner reservations and like, let's go. Right. Or I'm going to have a hotel set up. I'm going to have roses and balloons and things in the hotel.
2: Right.
1: And, and one of my past relationships, kid you not, I had a speaking engagement mm-hmm. and he traveled every year for his birthday. Right. Mm-hmm. And because I knew that I was not going to be available to travel with him that year for his birthday, you know what I did? I bought four carnival gift cards.
2: Okay.
1: I booked two suites in Aruba because he had always wanted to go to Aruba, had never been. Mm -hmm. And so I essentially paid for all inclusive trip Mm -hmm. for a cruise and for a vacation in Aruba for him and three of his friends. Go have fun because I can't be
0: Hey, that's that's boss. That's boss
1: right yeah. there. Don't <laughs> yeah. have, have fun because I can't be there. But that's why I expect those things back, because I'm not asking for something I'm not giving.
0: Right. Right. right.
1: right. And my thing is, I don't have to have the trip to Aruba. Those things are nice. But I did that to me. That wasn't something like just lavishing out of the way. That was me fulfilling one of the desires because right. I knew you always wanted that. Right. So I'm going to give that to you that's that's just me as a person so it comes into you know like it goes into communication and that's why i say it's no right or wrong answer because there are men out there who are like i'm not paying for dates everything's going to be 50 50. you have men like that you have men who don't mind doing being the 80 while their female partner is the 20. Mm -hmm. you have men who don't mind being the 100 and saying all i need is your presence so there's no right or wrong answer it's just about finding who you are compatible with. And sex is a conversation on the first date. My advice is sex before we hit that first date.
0: Yes. Let's have a- <laughs>
1: because R- I know t- it's not going to go nowhere. We're not even going to sit up this first date.
0: Oh my gosh. Ugh, princess, you are speaking by language because it's like so, okay. So taking you back into my process a little bit. So when I when I meet somebody online, Mm -hmm. We have a couple conversations on the phone, right? Mm -hmm. To me, that's a date. To me, that conversation of on the phone, whether it be FaceTime or just be, that's a date. you only going out to see this chemistry match when we're physically in the same room. Because we're talking about the same thing we normally talk about. So Mm -hmm. by the time you go out on that first date, you probably had at least three or four conversations if you're going out within that week of meeting that person. Right. 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 So we should have those conversations. We should see, because if you don't, if you don't see the eye to eye on saying, well, there's no point. There's just like, there's just no, there's no point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's no point.
1: It's none. And that like (laughs) people have to quit being scared to have the necessary conversations. And that's across the board because, why would I go out on a date? If I meet you on Monday, why am I going out on a date with you Friday if I know by Wednesday that we don't even match up our religious views? Mm-hmm. You know, like political, we kind of work around. It depends on what your political views <laughs> are. But mm-hmm. religious, if we're not even serving the same God,
0: mm-hmm. if
1: we, we don't have the same faith belief, why well, am going to go sit down for dinner with you on Friday?
0: Right, right, Let's right. Let's
1: talk about it. If I know that, hey, I'm just in a space in my life where I don't want to be sexually active and the guy knows he's in a space in his life where he does want to be sexually active. If we know that by Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, hell, if we know that by Friday morning, Friday night, I'm not going to dinner with you because we are about to waste each other's time needlessly. Mm. And Princess likes herself. I like my home, mm-hmm. I like my space, my me time, and I am gonna enjoy <laughs> watching watching A&E or the ID channel from my couch much more than I'm gonna enjoy dinner with someone that I know that I don't even, I'm not even compatible with.
0: Yeah, we should. If, if we're adults, and I also wanna talk about this too. But if, if we're adults, we should be able to discuss sex. Now, I've always felt this too, Let's say you meet somebody on the first date or whatever. You go out on that first date and you decide to be intimate on the first date. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, personally. Because if you've had, I don't think it makes you a fast girl. As you say back in the day, I I think it's just, if the chemistry makes sense and it's a vibe, you know, and you both know going into it what it is and you're both grown,
1: as long as you are practicing safe sex it goes back to doing what's best for you because Mm -hmm. if you are horny I'm just going to say if if, if you are if you're horny you Mm -hmm. have sexual desire you're sexually aroused and you need that need I am not about to go home and torture myself for 30 60 90 days (laughs) Body ready and willing tonight <laughs> as long as the <laughs> sex is safe we are adults if I have had sex before then what am I doing yeah. <laughs> you know yeah and, yeah and at the end of the day that's just fact and I know a lot of people are like oh well you don't want to add to the body count you don't want to sew tie you don't want to this. you not I that. mean <laughs> what I want to do is be grown and live. <laughs> And do the things that I like to do. We only have one trip to this earth. We yeah. need to quit acting like we are gonna get another round at this. Yeah, nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. Girl. So I'm gonna live each day like this is my only day to make this decision.
0: I, I feel you. You know what I mean? because I've always had the whole thing soul ties, and <sighs> <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. You don't have time for.
1: That's yeah. Mean... We don't have time for that. And and that has a lot more to do with bonding, honestly, yeah,
0: yeah. because you
1: can so tie to someone without ever, ever having been, sex with them.
0: Exactly. So I think people just people just use again uh, being uneducated. we started the conversation about the education. I don't think that that should always mean sex. Just like if you're in poly, we we'll do poly relationships doesn't automatically mean you're having sex with every if you're in a polyamorous relationship, right?
1: Or when you're dating multiple people. Like I used to date like I mean, hey, they gonna hear it now. I used to date like five, six people at a time. And yeah. when I was dating, it did not mean I was having sex with five or six people at a time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I would have my sexual partner, yes. So one of
2: them
1: <laughs> one <laughs> was enjoying the full membership
2: <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> while,
1: gotcha. while everybody else was just kind of waiting to see, like, is this going to work out? Not going to work out. But again, I'm a grown woman mm-hmm.
2: and
1: it's that's what works for me. I'm not saying my style of living works for everybody. You have to do what works for you. But I will tell you this as a professional. For some of them people who did wait 30, 60, 90 days or waited to marriage it's honorable. It sounds good. But guess what? It didn't stop your partner from cheating exactly. and ending up in my office in marriage counseling. <laughs> it did not stop you from stepping out, perhaps, because sometimes it's the person. Yep. And you ended up in my office. It did not stop the fact that you guys had a lack of accountability after you don't wait. Sexual compatibility after you've waited 90 days now you done got emotionally invested with somebody that you're not even sexually compatible with with
0: it's crazy it's because i just think again and this is gonna piss some people off Mm
2: -hmm.
0: i grew up i grew up as a christian went to church still believe in god but don't necessarily prescribe to religion okay i think that i think that we've got this whole second form marriage thing is a bunch of BS to me mm-hmm. because if you're not, I guess if you're virgins, maybe, but if you're not, it makes no sense to me because at some point like compatibility matters. And you have a lot of Christian women out here who have tried to do it the God's way. We'll put that in the air quotes, God's way. And they're in horrible relationships and they are having to use toys and nothing wrong with toys. Nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is they don't talk, first of all, they, don't, they didn't talk about things that they enjoy with their partner, things that are absolutes for them that they have to have, which what they don't have to have. So it's like you don't talk about these things. And again, like I said This whole 90 day rule. Again, I thought it was something that Steve Harvey just had a goddamn book, and if you listen to his freaking story, or just a, it's like he he sold a book to people. And you look at his like this man is. <laughs> I don't know if this is fed to Steve Harvey, but I'm just saying this. was so like, you know, 90 days, and that, and people take that way out of context. So what we don't realize is. He, 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 he said it as, Oh, I always work with Ford Motor Company. But after 90 days, they give you an evaluation.
1: Let right? me tell you before you go into that, just the 90 day rule, I'm going to use me and my sister as an example. My sister is the most Bible beating woman I know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That girl is religion. Mm-hmm. You can't go in her house. She's so religious. That when we turned on the passion of the Christ, she went and snatched it out the DVD and said we wasn't watching that blasphemy in her house. (laughs) (laughs) But I will tell you this. She was married. She didn't wait 90 days. Mm -hmm. And her and her husband got married two months. He proposed in two weeks, Mm -hmm. married her two months later. They are celebrating their 26th wedding anniversary now.
0: This year. Congratulations to her. Glad they
1: worked. <laughs> right. And so she didn't wait 90 days. She loves the Lord and she has a very well God-led household and home. And her and her husband both believe in God. Mm-hmm. Me, I will I was the wild child in the family. Okay. I certainly didn't wait 90 days. <laughs> The father, my children, my husband, we were now, I don't know how long my sister waited, but I know it was before two weeks with me and my ex-husband. We were together the first day. We got married. And I remember telling him early on in our dating process that, hey, a guy got two years to marry me. If we're not married in two years, then I'm moving on because I'm not going to waste time. Two years to the day that we had started dating, he proposed. I forgot I had even told him that. And even though it was my belief, I forgot I had even told him. So Mm -hmm. he proposed because he had always remembered that. Mm -hmm. And so two years to the day, he proposed. And the funny thing is, we went, we got the marriage certificate. We went through all the planning, all of that in two days before our wedding. We were riding in the car and I told him, I don't want to do this. Mm. And he asked me, he's it was so funny because we joke about it to this day. But he's he looks at me and he says, You're not wasting my $92, we getting married. Because at the time marriage certificates were $92. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> like he says that. And um then we're married, all these kids later. The thing was though, over the course of my entire marriage, I never felt like his wife. Mm. And it was nothing that he did because that man loved on me. He treated me well. He was a great father. I just never loved him in that capacity that I felt a wife Mm -hmm. should love her husband. Mm -hmm. But I did love him. And right before I filed for divorce, I remember telling him, I don't want to continue to hold up your blessing. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to stay with me because you love me. Because I know God has somebody for you who's going to love you the way that you love me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to hold up your blessing. And I divorced them. Everybody thought I was crazy. <laughs> they was like, you leave You got all these kids. This man is ex-serviceman. He take care of the family. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I just knew it was not for me. And I tell you that. And I compare me and my sister's stories to say. Tonight, tomorrow, 30 days from now, 60 days from now, 90 days from now, 5, 10 years from now. Will not dictate how that marriage is going to go.
2: Yeah.
1: It does not dictate stability in the relationship because it goes back again to compatibility, communication and the ability to stay connected. Period.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um yeah, man, this we can man, we can go on forever and a day. I I'm going to end it uh right here. And we're gonna to have to come back and talk about it some more. But uh, Princess, where can we got about a minute left? Where can people connect with you? Where can they find you? All that type of deal.
1: The handy dandy Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you can find me at the Real Kinky Princess on Instagram and Princess Face on Facebook.
0: Wonderful, 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 guys! This has been another great episode of the Encourage and Inspire Podcast. And this has been your host Terrell Pierce. Till next time, I'm out of here. Peace.